Welcome to No Clue Podcast, episode 146. We're back. First round is over. Teams eliminated. Yep. Uh, it was a wild first round, though. Yeah, Enjoy. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Mike. I'm Tyler. Welcome. Uh, Where you want to start? I was surprised. I was surprised, I gotta be honest. About which one? We gotta start with the longest one. The only okay. one that went seven. Yeah. Yeah. Clippers came back. They did. Uh, what was it at? It was... What, last time we talked, it was 2-0. Mavericks were in complete control. Right. Uh, it looked bad. Right. And the Clippers turned it around. I mean, where do you want to start? Where do you want to start? I'll, I'll start anywhere. Wherever. I'll start with, uh, I have nothing to say about Paul George. He didn't, like, this This comeback showed me nothing about him. It didn't, he didn't impress me in any way, like, doing things I haven't seen from him or anything like that. You're saying positive or negative? Yeah, like, there's really okay. nothing, he was just there. Yeah, yeah. He, he, was he wasn't, yeah. Pretty consistent points-wise, and that's really it. Yeah, he wasn't really a focal point of the comeback at any point. No. I mean, he didn't blow any of the comebacks, any of the games, so, you know, that I guess that's a positive. Right. Uh, but the Clippers finally figured out who they should play through. Mm-hmm. And for better or worse, that's Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> for better or worse, yes. Yeah. And, and even... So. Even in this these last two games in which he was spectacular, he finally he finally decided to guard Luka Doncic. I don't know why it took six games, yeah. but you saw the difference. Like the Mavericks struggled to get good looks just from him guarding Luka a lot of the time. Yep. And, and but as far as the offensive side goes, he's just more reliable, like as a scorer than Paul George. Yeah. Oh, okay, I look at it. I look at it a little bit differently, but keep going. My thing is, he going. he took everything we say about him is like we'd rather him score more often as like the role player. Mm-hmm. And he started. I, I want to say it was like early game six. He started this. It, everything was quick. Yeah. If he's open, he's shooting the ball. If he's got a mismatch, it's like two to three dribbles for a shot. Yes. He's getting to the basket. He's not settling. He's yep. getting good shots. And that and that's all we said all season long. That's yeah. it. Yeah. And it shouldn't the Clippers shouldn't have to move the ball well for you to get good shots. No. No. He the ball even, should be a positive of you be you playing well. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's just crazy like he finally started reacting well to double teams in Game 7. Yep, and quickly yeah. reacting quickly. Yeah, and I'm watching, I'm like, dude, it's this like it's this easy. Yeah. You just got to kick it out. I like how you, I've been saying all year, I like how you guys can move the ball. Yep. You see it. I don't think a lot of teams could get Reggie Jackson six three-pointers. No, I don't think so either. Yeah, and, and I just... Like watching it, I'm like, this was so obvious. Why are we two years into this team to figure this out? Yeah, and, and you know the thing is, even if it's not playing through Kawhi, they have to play through someone. 
And whereas like this, everyone has an opportunity to get played through. That's not how good teams win. Exactly. No one wins like that. They have to just right. pick somebody, and we're playing through them. And you know, Kawhi getting the most shots. He, like you said, two to three dribbles, three to four dribbles. Just go score, and it worked yes. every time. They yes. didn't waste waste a lot of time, waste possessions where. Morris has the ball for six seconds, or Reggie Jackson has the ball yeah. for too long. It was just, you know, Kawhi scores. If not, we're moving the ball, and it looks great. It looks great. Paul George always gets that little stretch in the second quarter where he plays one-on-one every time down court, and he, he does it well. Yeah. The thing is, when Kawhi comes in and he, like, gets to the point where it's like, oh, should I do that this possession, or should I pass this possession, and he, like, looks like he doesn't know what he's supposed to be doing. Yeah. That's when they completely lose focus as a team on offense. Yeah, you know what it is? They they try to focus on having like like a playmaker at all times. Yeah. And you see it like sometimes you just drive and kick. Like basketball doesn't have to be complicated. You don't always need a point guard if you got guys willing to move the ball. And that's how funny thing is that's how Dallas excels without having a real point guard exactly. on the roster. <laughs> Brunson is just a small guard. He's not really a point guard. And Luka just plays point because he scores so well, so guys are more open than anyone else. Right. He's right. not necessarily like a good playmaker or a passer. The thing is, everyone is watching him with the ball, so someone gets open. That's how good scorers get a lot of assists. That's how Kobe and Jordan got a lot of assists. Same yeah. way. It's, it's like just easy kickouts, especially through double teams. Just like Kawhi was doing, and I think he he had a decent amount of assists in Game Seven, mm-hmm. but for me again, it was just late in the game. You're you're you've been cooking, but when you're getting double teams, it's not taking you a long time to get rid of it. And now two passes, you guys get a wide open shot. Yep, yeah. and, and with Kawhi playing like that, Paul George can fall into what he, makes him so special is being able to do everything that you need. Yeah, it's he, like. Oh, we need more assists. Paul George had 10 assists in Game 6. Huge. Or, or game, seven, was it Game 7? Sure game 7. seven. Yeah. yeah, Game 7. 10 assists, 6 rebounds. And he can do that because he doesn't have to – you don't have to focus on him doing something. He, you know, he's the Swiss Army knife of the team. Yeah. And I, I do I do like, as you mentioned, like Ty Lue made a point in the second quarter, because that first quarter in Game 7, Paul George was setting up to have another awful performance. Yeah. And in the second quarter, Ty Lue said, we're going to you. Yeah. And they got him nice looks. He, he even made some shots. I don't know why he, like, makes tougher shots more than easy shots. <laughs> I don't either. Like, like open, like, kick-out threes are, like, a challenge for him. But, like, right. ISO buckets, he could do that all the time. Yeah, uh, but cross guys up in that little step back fade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Works every time. Yeah, but again, Ty Lue, like specifically went to him, even though he was playing poorly. Mm-hmm. And it, it paid off in the second half, man. Playing through him and Kawhi, uh, more so Kawhi because he was feeling it. But they just they finally look like a complete team. Yeah. Finally, I mean, you got Kennard is contributing. I don't know why it took six games to play him. Neither. Uh, like Terrence Mann fights on both ends. I, he should have been playing. Yep. So I, I wasn't surprised by Game Seven specifically, 
but I mean, just the overall comeback, uh, I, I was impressed. Yeah, me too. They really, the thing is, the Clippers just need to use what they have, which is depth, which is versatility. And every time they he decides to like uh, give up one of those aspects of the team, they lose. Yep. He needs to just assert the dominance of their versatility, which is Batum, which is Kawhi, which is Paul George, which is Morris. They all can play two through five yep. any given night. So it's, just use it. I still, you know, before I get into Dallas, mm-hmm. like they can't play defense like this and, and like move forward in the playoffs. The Clippers? Yeah. It, yeah. It's just, it I never agree. really, if like to me, Dallas more so just cooled off than anything the Clippers did. Mm-hmm. Again, Kawhi did a great job, specifically in Game Seven, Game Six, a couple times. He he just guarded Luca, like he fought through screens. He tried his best to stay with him. Yeah. But as far as like you know, Tim Hardaway didn't play well at the end of the series, but he was getting great shots. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Uh, Finney Smith was getting great shots all series. Yeah. Uh, and, and I guess I will transition to Dallas because. I don't think they're as far away from being contenders as people are kind of making it seem now. Yeah, I think I think people are kind of chalking this up to Luka being really good, and I think they really discredit the offense, like the yeah. overall roster of the team, which is actually really good. It's solid. Yeah. 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 With them, they also struggle defensively. Mm-hmm. Theirs is more of like... They're just not as consistent with the with the attention to detail, right? And some of that is just inexperience. They talked about it every other game. How the the Mavericks roster like combined playoff experience was nothing, right? Uh, with and JJ Redick was like the majority of their playoff experience, and he's not even playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I just thought too many times I'm watching them, and they they got stops playing one on one defense. They got stops playing zone defense, but like in crucial moments, I felt like their defense just didn't like perform well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But as, as far as Dallas, one thing, one issue I had with them is like they they kind of struggled to figure out. Okay, Luca has cooled off. Maybe we should get other guys involved. Mm-hmm. Or, or sometimes it was the opposite, where it's. Luca's feeling it, but we're trying to play through other guys like too often. Mm-hmm. So I, I think yeah. they just needed like slightly tweak their their shot distribution. Yeah, I think so too. I just I don't like Luca could like being responsible for like eighty percent of their baskets. Like that's insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, that like Harden Houston type of style. It's just. He's he's always gonna wear out in the fourth quarter because he's literally carrying the offense. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, they didn't they don't need that because they have guys who they bring in that can create shots. You know, Brunson and Burke have proved they can create shots for the team. Yeah. I mean, they're not like I said, they're not really playmakers, but they're guys who can drive, who can get looks that create open looks for other people. I, I also don't think he good. I don't think Carlisle does a good job of finding shots, finding easy shots for Porzingis that much. I think he kind of 
some of the shots, at least in the last two games, Porzingis really had to like rely on him being just bigger than yeah. everyone to get the shots off. Um, he hit that one foot fadeaway on Paul George, I think it was in the corner yesterday. That just he should have had easier shots than that. And um, and early on they had like the high lows where they were getting it to Marjanovic, and then he yeah. would cut and get like an easy dunk. And I thought they yeah. could have like looked for that more. And, and the thing is, when Luca's out, that's the best time to do that because those are the easy baskets you need. Yeah. When, you know, when you don't have your star player in the game. And I, I didn't see that much. Um, you know, Josh Richardson gave them nothing yesterday. Uh, but the problem with that, Clever. Josh Richardson got, like, benched. Yeah, I know. Uh, he, and he, he, again, offensively, he was bad the five or so minutes he played in the first half. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden, Rick Carlisle is like, I'm going to sneak in Trey Burke in here. Who hasn't played like the? Who hasn't played? Yeah, and I thought that was such a mistake because, like, Richardson does a good job on defense. Yeah. Like, even if he's not hitting shots, I, I mean, he's still giving you a lot of help on the other end. He's still a good playmaker. He's still like a hustle bu- bucket guy. Yeah. Trey Burke looked out of place. He did. Especially yeah. with how well the Clippers were playing offense at that point. It was it was frustrating because you know Carlisle's one of the better coaches in the league, and I just thought that was a mistake. Yeah, his substituting in Game Seven was a complete disaster. No, in my opinion. no yeah, and, and Ty Lue's was actually good. It was, yeah. Powell was kind of weird out there. I mean, he scored, but it was weird. Clever was worthless out there for the most part, um, and even Brunson. He didn't have Brunson playing how Brunson normally plays. Yeah. It seemed like Brunson was off the ball a lot, which isn't really his game. But. Yeah, they, I think they overreacted to Luka's first half. Yeah, maybe. And just kind of, like, there, there was a point where Luka is just missing and missing. I'm like, dude, there's got to be something else here. Mm-hmm. And like, Finney Smith is getting great looks. And granted, you know, he's not a guy who should be getting 20. But it's okay, yeah. It's okay to get him open shots if Luca's off. I don't mind that. Right. I mean, meanwhile, the Clippers were finding Terrence Mann easy buckets over and over. Yep. You know what else, Dallas? You know another issue I had with Dallas, especially in this last game. Mm-hmm. You you start out dominating the boards, and the Clippers made the decision like we're gonna get killed on the boards today. Mm-hmm. And then you just quit rebounding. I mean, yeah, the weird. Clippers The Clippers play the second half practically with no center at any point. No real center. Mm-hmm. And, they're, and they're, like, when the game is crucial, late third quarter, early fourth quarter, they're getting extra possession after extra possession. You're over here fighting for a comeback with, like, five, four minutes left. You can't yep. get a stop because they're getting tap outs. Yep. Like, they played Zubac three, five minutes? Yeah. So they went a whole game seven with no bigs, and you don't dominate them on the boards? That was, it was such a missed opportunity to me. I agree. Especially because you're playing with two bigs a lot of the time. Two seven plus? Yeah. Seven footers plus. Yeah. And Marjanovic was, like, trying. He's just not, like... Obviously, he's not athletic enough to grab every rebound. 
Mm-hmm. I never even I never even saw Porzingis in the paint when shots were going up. Me too. Yeah. So, so they just, as far as Porzingis goes, they have to get him playing inside out. Yeah, they're not using him nearly how he should be used at all. They're literally using him like a better Kleber. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. bizarre. I just, I don't understand. I know he was having a bad series, but he's a capable player. We know that. Yeah. So, you know, I, he has star qualities that. Yeah, yeah. You know. I, it's just frustrating. I think Dallas missed such little opportunities that could have got them the series. Yeah. Uh, but it's 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 a learning thing for them, man. I, again, I think they're closer than they seem. It's just getting that experience, possibly adding a piece or two. But I think they're fine. Yeah. Was um. They still have James Johnson, right? Yes. Or did he? Wanna, is he no, no, no. New Orleans. I want to say he's in New Orleans. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, man. Uh, tough one for them. Like we said, minor changes they can make, and they, they could be right back there. I think they need yeah. another ball handler that they can find confidence in. If if they entrust Jalen Brunson or Burke with it, cool, but Luka just, you know, Luka coming in and out and still being the only capable ball handler for their offense isn't going to Yeah. I really want to see a healthy J.J. Redick with this team. Yeah, me too. Because I just, they, like, a lot of their guys turn into spot-up specialists, and mm-hmm. they're not really built for that. Yeah. So I, I want to see, like, a spot-up specialist playing that role. And he'd be tough not being able to help off of him for Luka. Would be really exactly. I, I think him him with their their backup guards, like with along Brunson or, or even Trey Burke, I think that could work really well, too. If he if he even comes back with them next year, I'm I'm just I want him to be healthy. I don't mind if he goes to another team. Oh yeah, I want him to be healthy. I want to see him play again for sure. He's he's got a lot left in the tank. I think. I don't know how his body is holding up, but as far as on the court, he's still competitive, if not more competitive than he ever has been. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, So, what series do you want to start with in the East? Let's go. the one that started yesterday, Atlanta and Philly, because we we didn't really finish the we didn't really Atlanta, finish Atlanta New York, yeah Atlanta New York we didn't finish right. Um, so Trey Young man, that's it. I I, I said Hawks in five. You were right. <laughs> I I said it reluctantly, hoping that the Knicks would um, surprise me, but. You know, it is what it is. Trey Young is a beast, man. <clears throat> I, I just, it's a closer five than it kind of seemed. Oh, for sure. Every I, game is competitive. Nor, normally, I look at coaching, like, when somebody's playing poorly, I, I see, like, if coach is trying to help them out, like, how much of the guy playing poorly is on the coach. <laughs> I know where but you're going I, with this. I gotta say, man, and, and I I don't assign any blame to Thibodeau, but Randall was was hot garbage. The whole series. 
the entire series. That's what blew my mind. First two games, I'm like, okay, cool, I get it. You know, it's early. You know, first playoff series, cool. But by game three, four, I'm like, Randall, what are you doing, man? We need you to wake up. I'm watching game four and five. And Randall, who, again, has been trashed the entire series. Yeah. They're, they're showing before the game, during the game, like his percentages have been awful. He's just been bad. Yeah. And he's still, like, he's taking shots like he never cooled off. <laughs> like they just handed yeah. him the MVP award. He's he just going nuts. Yeah. Dude, it yeah. made me so mad that, again... Like you said, one, two, three, even three games, okay, I get it, you know, it happens. Mm-hmm. By game four and five, you have to know I'm not playing well. Yeah. Uh, why are you still taking heavily contested shots over everyone? Yeah. And, and the thing is, what makes it worse is kind of what I said about uh, Bam on in Miami. Uh, Randall's our best rebounder. So... Him taking a bunch of shots is, you know, is an instant negative because there's no one there to get his rebounds. It's like him missing shots, I should say, because he could take a lot of shots. That's cool. But you missing, you know, 13, 12, 15 shots in a game, it's not good. Because, you know, Taj Gibson and Noel, they're not getting your rebounds. No. So it's like... it just it frustrated. He's not getting your no, he's not. <laughs> it frustrated me because the Knicks being as limited as they are, they there was a lot of times when they moved the ball well. Oh yeah, yeah. And again, those last two games, so many possessions or so many stretches, they're moving the ball well. They're keeping up with the Hawks, who are way better. And then and then, like the ball movement just dies because Randall got the ball mid post. Only to take a really tough shot. Yep. So, like, again, normally I would hold the coach responsible to some extent. But in this case, like, Randall, I saw opportunities. I'm like, take it to the rack, free throws. He was still finding a way to get free throws the whole series. He was, yeah. But every time he started settling for tough shots, it killed their offense. Yep. In five games, and he never learned that. Or it, yeah. it never it never seemed like he learned that, right? So right. that that was the biggest takeaway for me from from the Knicks, to be honest. My next biggest takeaway as a Knicks fan, R.J. Barrett's not ready. He he's not it. I mean, he's, he's a starter. He's second he's year player. And right, he just and, and that's the thing. I'm I'm not saying he's not good. Or that he's not going to be a good NBA player. But he's not a playoff starter. He's just not. And the thing is, we don't have much to choose from. So I completely understand that. Like, I don't... I, I like Burks coming off the bench. You know, D-Rose off the bench. Cool. Quickly is even younger. We just don't have... We don't have any other guards. But Barrett, like... His shot selection at times was worse than Randall's to me. And the thing is, uh, Randall was playing bad and Barrett was playing like his best and was, his shot selection was just bad. So, Yeah, it was, it was frustrating 
It's frustrating because D. Rose was playing so well the whole time. Derrick Rose was the MVP of this series. <sighs> so well. I was like, like you know, he can't really carry the offense. And game goes by, he carried the offense. Another game goes by, he carried the offense. Four games in, I'm like, Jesus Christ, am I watching like 2011 D Rose just he without had no the help at all? None, man. I, you know, again, the Knicks tried. I, I thought there was a lot of moments they moved the ball well. I thought Bullock shot the ball really well. Mm-hmm. I thought like Topping gave them good minutes. All the role players gave them good minutes. Yeah, quickly and Burks gave great minutes off the bench every game. Burks Burks was another guy who could have used better shot selection. Mm-hmm. But I'm not surprised but, uh, when the offense I'm cool is with so that limited. Off the bench, I'm cool with that off the bench because he kind of takes those Lou Williams esque shots. I'm cool with that because no one else in there is going to take him and. I'd rather him take him than RJ take him. Now, yeah, uh, you want to get to the Hawks now? What'd you think? Yeah. I mean, I knew Trey Young was like top five yeah. as far as point guards go. Yeah. I, I haven't seen I haven't seen a better point guard all year. <laughs> Explain. I just think of of all the guys who who will get high numbers of assists, he's yeah. the only one I've seen that I consistently feel like his team is involved. Hmm. Whether okay. whether he's having a thirty five point night or he's having like a rough shooting night, his mm, teammates yeah, okay. are always involved. Yeah, I gotcha. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know. I don't. Think I I could think of a point guard that gets his bigs involved as much as he does. No. And again, he, he's he's such a great passer. Like w- when he gets dribble penetration, and you know Philly got to experience this yesterday. Mm-hmm. The, the Hawks are like a well-oiled machine. Yeah, they are. Because like nothing you can maybe, do. Yeah, because you know, even Solomon Hill is not a total trash can. Like, he could hit a shot, he'd get a put back or like a layup every now and then. Mm-hmm. So, the Hawks, everybody that plays for the Hawks is, is like a legit threat. Yeah. I mean, they, they got, even like, guys, I mean, everybody they put in the game is involved in the offense. And that to me is, is like. A huge part of that is just Trey Young being as good as he is. Yeah, I think so too. And he's not someone that has to be on fire to like draw attention from the team. He he goes to spots to get guys open. He creates the opportunities. They don't just happen because yeah. he's hot. Yeah, and it's interesting because they're offensively they're like a perfected version of what Dallas is. Yeah, I would say that. Because they don't, like, Trey Young is not their volume, like, offensive carrier. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of balance when they go away from Trey Young. But Trey Young still, again, it gets everybody involved. Yeah, and then they, they find shots for John Collins that, you know, they can't figure out for Porzingis at the moment. Exactly. But Collins exactly. gets perfect spots every time down court. Perfect. Yeah, and and 
this team this team shows me how valuable Capella can be. Mm-hmm. Because in Houston, his value was just off rebounds and Harden's, you know, attention on Harden. Yeah. Now, because everybody's a threat, now he gets to roam free a lot of the time. Yep. And again, you see everybody throws him lobs. Yeah, everybody. Yeah. Everybody. Bogdanovich, uh, Gallinari's throwing him one. I, I've never seen Gallinari make a good pass. Yeah. So, I just think they have such a great balance with all their players. And if you're not going to, like, if you're not getting Trey Young, if you're not containing Trey Young from driving and kicking the guys, Mm -hmm. I I really don't know how you beat the Hawks right now. Yeah, and another thing about the Capella point, Capella's never played with a, like a, real power forward that does what a power forward does like a lot of times it was just four guards and p you know three guards and pj tucker out there on the wing and then capella was just the only big man on the court and now where collins can play he can post up play inside outside and kind of create more things for capella as far as size goes because now like the biggest guy on the court might have to guard john collins and it's interesting because Capella, uh, Collins is versatile. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I like, you know, he could shoot a little bit better from the perimeter sometimes. But I like how when he starts missing shots, he starts looking for layups and lobs and, you know, transition stuff. Yeah. Uh, it, again, it the chemistry with the bigs works so well because of that. And another thing that is an effect of Trey being Trey's excellence you have to have your eyes on your man all the time because like you cannot you can never leave john collins because you never know where he's going to be yeah like you turn around he's in the air dunking on you you turn around he's in the corner hitting a three he's all over the place hunter is the exact same way capella is the same way and then bogdanovich you know he finds these wide open threes somehow when guys know he basically only takes threes every night. You know, 85% of his shots are threes. And and Bogdanovich, like, the more I'm watching the Hawks, the more more it seems like his kind of out-of-control play is almost by design. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Where it just, it's kind of like making them more, like, more, uh, I don't know what's the word, I guess more unexpected with how they do things. Yeah, more spontaneous. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, for better or worse. <laughs> mm-hmm. But again, the the chemistry of the team is so good. the The way everybody is included in the offense is just is is so. It's almost like this team has been together for like countless years. It does seem like it. Yeah. It's it's crazy to me. I I mean. And they, they even showed a stat in this game one yesterday that uh, Trey Young is the leading assist guy off drives in the NBA. Yeah. I mean, once I saw that, I'm like, dude, you have to keep Trey Young from driving. Yeah, and you can. And you just <laughs> cannot. So it's like, you're just, yeah. you're going to be struggling guarding them. You're going to have to put up 120 points to beat the Hawks, I think, at any point moving forward. Yeah, because, and the crazy thing is, 
Bogdanovich played like garbage this whole series, in my opinion, as far as I, shooting wise. I don't disagree. He shot terrible. He did. A lot of bad shots. Yeah, and even the good shots, I just could not figure out how he didn't go in. Gallinari was 0 for 7 in the last game. I mean, it's like, it doesn't matter because <laughs> they, they get good shots and Trey is just such a good player that he just figures it out. He's He seems like someone that, yeah, he's a score for his point guard, but if he needs to score more, he can, or if he needs to get more guys involved, he can. It's not that, like we're... This is like a struggle Steph has had. Steph... It's like Steph will score more when he doesn't have to, and then when you need him to get the guys involved, he, he can't figure it out. Or vice versa. Like, he'll... Yeah. If he's not shooting good, and he he's doing well getting the guys involved, but it's time for him to hit some buckets, he doesn't get it. And not that he's not an all-time great... It's just he struggled with that his whole career. And that's something Trey... Already has, like, mastered. Yeah. Dude, yeah. that balance of, like, getting your own buckets and finding your teammates... Again, just just looking back to this year, not a, not, not, none of the other point guards have come close. Trey was, like, criminally snubbed from All-NBA last year. And if he snubbed this year, I, I just... It's just complete nonsense. Disrespect. I never even want to read the All NBA again. It's just worthless. If Trey's not on it, it's a worthless list. I told you. I mean, yeah. I just I told you he's the best offensive point guard in the league. Trey is like. Trey is like he. Um, he bought the like VC. Uh, bought extra VC. Like you had Steph. Two guys had Steph and. Trey had extra VC, so he got like his passing stuff done before he started his micro. Yeah, exactly. Because like. he, he bought like the deluxe edition. <laughs> yeah, he got the ten thousand VC nah. that came with it. Yeah, bro. Like, what Steph needed ten years in the NBA to learn, Trey knows already. He has his range. He has his passing. I mean, and the handles. You can't say there's anyone who. I mean, everyone likes Kyrie's handles, but as far as effective handles, you can't say anyone handles the ball better than Trey. No, and and he's got the best floater package in the league. Oh yeah, yeah, best I mean, floater package in the league. I also think I also think they said this either the last Nick game or yesterday that he has the most floaters in the league this year. Yeah, he yeah he does. Yeah, uh, which yeah. didn't surprise me at all. Just, just most attempts and makes. That yeah. sounds about. And again, last point is, at, at every point, he's willing to do both. Like, he could have yeah. 20 points in the quarter, but if Gallinari's wide open, like, you better be worried about him finding him. Yep. And, and it's the same way. Like, even guys are open and Trey isn't shooting well, he'll get a bucket. Mm-hmm. And that balance, I, I just don't see that from the other great point guards. Yeah. Yep. What kind of sucks about it is Lou Williams can't figure out how to fit in on the team. <laughs> yeah, he's the only—he's the only like outcast for, so far. But yeah. I still and think I—he like he controls. Yeah, he just he controls like their second unit shots. 
and and I, I do think I do think there's gonna be a game when that that helps them a lot. Eventually, I mean, he's gonna have to make some shots. He's, he's starting to get to a point where he's not even making good decisions anymore. I agree. Yeah. So we're either looking at a really bad slump or a guy whose career is is on the decline. This team man, is Cam Reddish evolving away from being like content, like perennial contenders to me. Like if Cam Reddish is seventy five percent of what they thought he might be coming out of high school, I don't know how anybody will beat this team in seven games. I, I, you're, I think you're selling them short. I think they're contenders. I'm saying perennial contenders, though. Like this, like. Right now, we'll we'll say that for the next four years they're going to be contenders. I, I'm not ready to say that this year they're contenders, but next year I, it may be up in the air for me. But if they have that guy, if they have another guy that they know is going to be there for a while, that can get 20 points a game at times. Oh, they're 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 stacked. Their team is so deep. Yeah. Even the the young big guy. Um, Okonku, I mean, from USC, he played great in the little minutes he got. He played great yeah. in the series. So they have I, these young guys that are just—they're just gonna keep building and building. Like the Warriors, they were champion for making a team through the draft. This is it right here. Yeah, and and you know, I think I think they are contenders because of those young guys, like. Because they fit so well, I know it's not going to take a lot for them to improve. Mm, yeah, good point. Like, like Hunter is such a seamless fit already, and all he did was make his shot a little bit more consistent. Yeah. That's really it. Like, he hasn't, once he gets a dribble game, like a, a maybe even like a post game, I mean, he's going to fit right in with everything they do. Yep. Reddish is another guy. Reddish, all he's got to do is get healthy to me. Yeah, it, that's really it. Seen him play play really well a few games this year. Uh, his shot's not consistent, but by the time he comes to how the team is now, because he really hasn't had a lot on court with Gallinari and Bogdanovich yet. By the time he gets there, where he's gonna have wide open shots, just catch and shoot threes. Yeah, man. I mean, they're gonna be tough. I mean, you he can be back before the playoffs are over. I think. Yeah, I hope I hope we get a chance to see how he like rounds out their lineups. Yeah. Uh, but again, to me, the Hawks have no glaring flaw. No, they don't. They really don't. Nothing. I I can't look at anything like. Again, they have similar like young team problems to Dallas, where they're inconsistent on both ends. Typical. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's you know again that everybody has that, and because they don't have glaring weaknesses, I mean Trey Young gets to shine. Yeah, and their their guard defense could be a little more solid, but they I mean they play really hard on defense now how they are. So. And and having a strong front court uh gives you more of an opportunity to like overcome like maybe even Trey Young being a mismatch. Yep. Cuz that's going to happen getting further and further into the playoffs, more teams are going to try to attack Trey directly. Yep. Uh, so we'll see how they adjust to that, but I think they can handle it. Yeah, I think so too. <clears throat> yeah. All right. Let's go to uh, the West. Gotta talk about go? the Lakers. Gotta talk about the Lakers. 
that, that tells everyone uh, how we feel about it. The fact that we, you know, save them for third in this podcast. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll say right now, I bought into them all year, and I was wrong. Well, don't say that because you didn't. You bought into them with Anthony Davis healthy. So right. it's not it, like to, you know. Yeah, it's not like they're the same team that won last year. To give myself a pass, uh, a slight pass, I think they're they looked burned out. Mm-hmm. They did. Everybody, everybody that was there last year. Uh, Caruso looked burned out. Kuzma looked burned out. Uh, obviously, Anthony Davis literally broke down. Yeah. And by the way, if if any real doctor cleared him to play in Game Six, shouldn't be a real doctor anymore. I agree. That was that was insanity. But uh, and again, just all their all their returning guys looked like washed. <laughs> Every single one of them. Yeah. But who I can't give a pass to... Uh, it's actually two people I can't give a pass to. You know, obviously Marcus Gasol, he can't guard anybody. Drummond, I- I've been saying Drummond is overrated. You know, it doesn't surprise me that he couldn't even get on the court in the last game. That was sick, though. It was, I mean, it that, was. But it didn't surprise <laughs> me. That, that's really... You start him up... Every game he's been on the team, other than the last game of the season, the elimination. Vogel, Vogel was trying to like get OD creative with the lineups, and it backfired in his face completely. It did. It did. But the problem, I got two two guys I have an issue with who don't get a fucking pass. First one, Dennis Schroeder. What the fuck happened? Only new guy, so he, you know, the only real new guy, Montrezl isn't really playing, so I don't really give him any blame for anything. Yeah. Schroeder, they're feeding you the ball. Like, they're they're forcing, they're like, yo, we don't care, I don't care about Kuzma, Montrezl, none of these guys. Schroeder, you are our third option. Yeah. And he was like, he was so shockingly awful. Because every other time I've seen him succeed, it's been him kind of like a sixth man or him just kind of feeling it and taking control of the offense. It's never been structured. Mm-hmm. The Lakers tried both. The Lakers tried to include him in their plays and he would get open shots and brick them. Mm-hmm. And then they would try to force feed him, like I said, and he couldn't do that. I mean, I've never seen a guy. A guy ran pick and roll with Anthony Davis for four games, five games. I never saw chemistry once. Nope. Dude, you're you're a guard. It, forget being a point guard. Like, dude, you're running pick and rolls with Anthony Davis, and in four games, you can't figure out how to get him looks, how to get yourself looks. Yeah. That to me, like, I can't even blame Vogel on that. Right. <clears throat> so to me, you know, and and. The other thing on top of that is, he, you know, he made a big deal about expecting a lot of money. Yeah. And he, like, he just faded away later in the series because he couldn't make shots. He was awful. He couldn't guard anybody. He was hacking. Like, he was forcing drives that were just going straight backboard. It was just, it was it's ugly. Option, like you said. It was just ugly, man. It really, like, just an... Everything about his game, especially the last like two, three games, was awful. 
It, it was humbling for him, though, because he will be someone's sixth man next year. He'll be right back on the bench. He's not a starter. He yeah. proved it. Yeah, he, he really showed it. Just just yeah. the way he, especially, again, they, they, like, they ran things that resulted in him getting wide-open looks. Not only that, LeBron was the point guard last season. LeBron, like, forgoed his uh, his point guard duties to let Schroeder be the point guard. Because like, Schroeder said, coming in, like, yo, I'm trying to be the point guard. Yes. LeBron well, said, dude, you got it. <laughs> you remember when Vogel got there and he said LeBron's going to start a point guard? People were like, finally, everyone knew he could do this. Yeah. And then this year, LeBron decided, I'm not going to be point guard because we have someone that I'm confident being point guard. And he's not doing it. <laughs> no. Nah. I mean, and I'm not asking team, I'm not asking you to set up Anthony Davis all night. But like, dude, you can't set up anyone. No. You can't get a layup on anyone. The, the the further this series went on, the more guys figured out, oh, I've never seen Schroeder lay it up with his left hand. Yeah. And his little figure that out for. Yeah, his little blow-by right drives that you used to get him quick layups, that's not, that doesn't work in the playoffs. Yeah, we're not letting that little scoop get off. Not first shot of the game, no. Yeah. And, and you know what else made it extra bad is that Campaign was playing like a fucking all-star. <laughs> Campaign's on the other end playing like a fucking Hall of Famer, and Dennis yeah. Schroeder can't make a fucking layup. <laughs> And the other guy I don't give a pass to is LeBron, obviously. I mean, that's how you go out. You're 29. So? The game was over. The game was over, like, eight minutes into the game. Yeah, it was. <laughs> game five. Game five was over, like, 14 minutes into the game. Yeah. And that might be generous. But yeah, how do you... How do you come into the game? You come into game five, okay, first game without AD. You know, you're not ready. You get blown off the court. I've seen that happen to LeBron a lot. Mm-hmm. But you I don't respond. I, I remember that year. Remember that year that he was alone in Cleveland when Kyrie had just left. The Isaiah shit didn't work out, and it was yeah. like Kevin Love was either hurt or barely playing. Yeah. And he literally walked through the playoffs by himself. You don't remember him just literally not even trying in some of the Indiana games? Yeah, I do. I do, yeah. And then Boston, the same shit, the first two games? Mm-hmm. This, this to me, like, none of those games, by the way, in that year, were ever on the verge of elimination. No. Here, dude, you're about to get sent home, and I see no effort. It just looked like a stat-chasing game for me. Yeah, and it just it's so frustrating. Again, you go out, you compete, you lose. Phoenix is better. Without Anthony Davis, it was obvious that Phoenix is way better. Yeah. But the fact that you you don't even last a half. I mean, that game 6 Devin Booker bucket, open shot, open shot, open shot. I'm like Yo, Devin Booker has like 15 points. We're six minutes into the game. Yeah. Why is he wide open? Yeah. And that to me, like, 
that goes on on pretty much the whole roster. But when LeBron is has no energy, making no effort on either end, just like making all those awful late clock passes so his teammates have to throw up bad shots instead of him. He spent the last two games doing that all night. Yep. And that, to me, like, I, I cannot stand when he does that. Because he doesn't have to. Exactly. Like, dude, you, 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 do you want to be the GOAT or not? Because that was a moment when I want to, if I want to be a GOAT, I'm not going out like that. Mm-hmm. I'm not going out letting a guy get 47 on wide open looks all fucking game. I'm not going out. My team can't score, and I can't blow by Cameron Johnson. I can't forget blowing by Cameron Johnson. I can't guard him. No, right. not ha- that's not happening. Right. And that to me, like he he didn't. It's not that just he didn't take Devin Booker. Okay, you don't want to guard the best player. You know, you're elder. I get that. You, yeah, you don't want to his job anymore to guard you, the best player. You don't want to guard Jay Crowder. He he gets to get off. Bridges gets to get open shots all day long. You can't talk trash to someone and then not guard them and let them get off. That's the part. Like, him and Jay Crowder had the little thing a few times. And then, you know, next game, it was like Jay Crowder just takes over. And then he was salsaing. (laughs) Salsa's his way out the game. Yeah, dude. I I get Cameron Johnson. You know, we don't really know him that well. He's just kind of establishing himself as a player. You want to not close out on him? Okay, you know, you. I'll, I'll let you slide with that. Yeah. Jay Crowder, that's all you got to do on Jay Crowder is close out. That's it. <laughs> He's, he doesn't do anything if you close out. He never goes by anybody. And we can't, we can't do that. We, But it's, it's Mark Gasol's fault that we can't get a stop. All the while, I see you not trying to play defense. Mm-hmm. I've never seen, like... It's almost like the Lakers as a collective were like, well, we don't feel like getting stops, so we'll just send everything to Marc Gasol, and because he's awful, it'll look bad. Yeah. Like, Marc Gasol, he's not Powell's age, but he might as well be. Right. So, I just, I hated that I I went out of my way to, like, clear up my evening, because I'm like, all right, the Lakers are about a battle, you know, it's going to be a tough... It wasn't even a game! No, it wasn't. It and wasn't. and that to me, like when when you when you try to be one of the greatest of all time, you just you can't go out like that. No. Nope. So that was the biggest issue for me, man. And the fact that, and it just it made it even worse that literally he couldn't wait a day or a week. In the post game interview, you're telling us about Space Jam. You like he literally said, "I don't care about the like." They asked him like, "How does it feel to lose in the first round after never doing that before?" And he said, "I don't care." Mm-hmm. How do you not care? <laughs> My guy said, "I'm not going to the Olympics because I'll play for the Toon Squad." <laughs> that shit, I, it's just something about granny. <laughs> Something about doing it literally in the like the end of season interview after getting yeah. just embarrassed. Like yo, if, if like Damian Lillard, Damian Lillard had to go bananas and they still lose, and he's like, yo, like it's on me. We gotta win the next one. It's must win now. It's not no like oh meh. 
whatever. Yeah. Like, dude, you told us you told us your shoulders are built for this, right? It looked like Jay Crowder's shoulders were built for this more than yours. This is something I always say about best players, about the greats. If if the game was in reach at all, Kobe would never say like, "Yo, we we didn't get it done." Or obviously, he wouldn't say, "I don't care." It's just I should have scored more. If I didn't have eighty points, I could have had more points. Like that's just how good players should look at it. And and you know, I know it's not just about scoring, but at the end of the day, the score is points. Right, like you lose because the other team scores more points. So if LeBron, you know, Booker had forty-seven. I mean, he got it done. Like you said, Lillard. I'm sure Lillard in his mind thinks, "Oh, I had fifty. I should have had sixty-five. Like, and that's it. But with with LeBron, like we know LeBron doesn't zone in on scoring like those other guys do. But but it's like, he, dude, he it's but the thing is that's the only thing he can control, right? I mean, even Westbrook said that before. I can control my rebounds and my points. I can't control assists. So stop passing. LeBron, go score. That's what we need to win the game. I just, I just didn't think he played hard. That was my he like. Didn't okay, play hard, man. Again, you you have a bad scoring night. You know, you go like six or twenty-five. All right, you went out swinging. Yeah. Right. That's fine. You, we get it. Your ankles fucked up. I, I've been noticed that your ankles fucked up because you struggled to blow by people all series. People who you know you can't blow by Frank Kaminsky. Exactly. Or Tory Craig on certain possessions. Ex- exactly. And I'm just like, but you're not hustling to get back, or you're not, like you're not even. He took Chris Paul in that last game. He took Chris Paul for the first three possessions of the game and never, like, touched him ever again. Yeah. Like, what, what are we doing here? I, I'm going to I'm gonna put a little blame on Vogel because this, like, this thing where the Lakers do where they just hoard players and, like, just don't use them, and then all of a sudden, like, like, he shows, like, he has this rare Pokemon card that you haven't seen. Like, oh, yeah, by the way, I have Markeith Morris, even though he's had, like, nine straight DMPs. Oh, yeah, I have Montrez Harrell that I never use for any reason. I'm about to just pull him out. Or Ben McLemore. Like, we're going to see how they do. And then they play, like, garbage. Like, I, I don't I don't really get what the point is. You might as well lose on the same eight players you play every night. You know what it is, man? Caruso's getting exposed all series. I mean, Wes Matthews comes in, plays one good game, and then he plays Wes Matthews like 28 minutes for the rest of the series, and he doesn't contribute positively anymore. I know that's not only his fault, but what? I just, all that revolves around LeBron controlling the game. Yeah, it does. And and yes. LeBron again, I don't care if you if you don't got the the energy to take twenty five shots, okay. But if you don't got the energy to guard Cameron Johnson, why even show up? Like just be yeah, like, yo, my ankles, my ankles fucked. LeBron would have been better off saying, yo, my ankles fucked. I can't go. Than going in, at least in my, I know they would have <laughs> killed him for that shit. But in my yeah. eyes. I'd have rather you fucking lying about an injury than than going out and looking as pathetic as you did. 
Yeah, I think I think Anthony Davis trying to play looks pretty bad too. I mean, on the flip side of that, Anthony Davis trying to play, knowing he couldn't go, was really bad too. Dude, if I was Anthony Davis, I, I would have fought somebody in that locker room at halftime. Cause watching that second quarter, I dude, I just I practically sacrificed my groin to get you to get you guys to compete, and we're done by halftime. <laughs> Couldn't be me, dude. I'm telling you right now. I, if if I'm risking my groin and I've messed that shit up worse, just to come out there, like yo, LeBron, you could have told me you didn't care. I wouldn't have went. I wouldn't have played. Right. The other thing is. I wish they would just, they need to let Drummond go. They need to let Kuzma go. And this is for the future of the Lakers. Because if you're just not going to use them how they're supposed to be used, let Montrezl go. If you're just going to not use them how they're supposed to use, supposed to be used, why have them? I've never, I never imagined, man. I know, I know you said Drummond was trash. And I partially believed you. I didn't want to, but I did. But... The way they, the way they can't get him to get ten rebounds, that's all he does. He barely, I mean, his like negative effect is so minor on most teams, but on the best team, he has like a, the largest negative effect. He can't yeah. get the one it thing he bad. has done his whole career. That, I mean, and then Kuzma, they just Kuzma just looks like the odd man out every single game. No matter how much he plays, no matter how good he plays, he still looks like he doesn't belong. Like, you know, like they just picked him up the weekend before the tournament. Like in AAU, you know how sometimes one yeah. dude signs up late? Yeah. Like, that's how Kuzma looks every game. Kuzma and Montrezl, I'm completely with you. It's like, just I, I think they can, they can thrive on other teams. Absolutely. Kuzma in Atlanta right now? He'd be fire. Yeah. I mean, either of those guys in DC would be fire. Oh yeah. It would yeah. be exactly what we need. But with <laughs> with with uh, Drummond, I'm not as quick to give up because I think committing to Drummond, their ceiling is like way higher. I agree. Because you saw it in the the middle games where they could just terrorize you inside. Yeah. Uh, and I think giving Drummond another year, I don't know if, you know, he's expecting like a big contract or whatever, but uh, I, I would run it back with Drummond one more year to see if they could resolve some of the issues you're talking about. Like, yeah, he could he could he could survive 30, 35 minutes out there, maybe. I, I don't yeah. know. I mean, the fact that he doesn't is kind of weird. Yeah. But uh, yeah, just and also I've seen enough of Marcus Gasol. I know he's a vet. Maybe you could bring him back to sit on the bench, but you, you can't bring him back as a twenty-minute guy. No, he was supposed to be on the bench this year, but they decided right. to bench Montrezl and Drummond instead. It's it's they benched Montrezl because he can't guard. Yeah. But but Mark Gasol is like worse. I'm just saying, Mark was never supposed to play more minutes than Montrezl. Yeah. Until they realized Montrezl couldn't guard, which is but like Mark Gasol. That that. Mark Gasol couldn't guard. I just I don't understand the difference. I'm with you. And then 
to not play Markeith Morris at all half the games, who can guard most of the time, is just I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, it, it was it's just weird. I think I think Vogel overreacted to some of the things the Suns did well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, like when when you got the best player is not giving you a hundred percent effort, and he didn't those last two games. I don't care what anybody says. Last three games, to me. Yeah, yeah. Last three games, he's not giving you hundred percent effort. All the other all, all the other adjustments we're talking about positive or negative are going to lead to exactly the same thing they're going to walk into they're going to limp into the playoffs maybe not limp but struggle into the playoffs and get spanked by like a denver or even like a even a portland yeah i mean the west all the teams that almost made the playoffs in the west would have Mm would have put up more of a fight than the lakers did those last couple games yeah for sure for sure. I think it would have went to seven if Memphis played them. I mean, you know, Memphis was fighting every game with Utah. Yeah. Uh, let's go. I don't think we really have any other East to talk about because they all finished pretty quick. Milwaukee was done. Uh, yeah, I'm not talking about Jimmy Butler the rest of the summer. <laughs> uh... Just like I trashed Kawhi last year. I said last year, you update your resume year to year. Yeah. Jimmy Butler was getting all the love, all the praise last year, and none of that shit. Yeah. I mean, but he, to be he, honest. He never elevated honest, his game this playoffs. No. And, and my thing is, Miami kind of had similar vibes to L.A., especially in that last game, mm-hmm. where they just they look gassed. They did. I I, I, I think, but I, I do think there's something to, to be said for the teams that went deeper into the bubble. Yeah. With, I think, Denver being the only exception because Boston, they kind of broke down. Uh, and then Miami and L.A. are the same way. Yeah, but the thing about Miami is a lot of the Miami guys were taking a lot of time off this season. You know, they got some nice pickups. They and they a lot of time this season they were experimenting with a roster where like you know he was starting some of these guys starting KZ Akpala and Max Struess and Haslam got some minutes in the regular season you know I, I I'm not gonna give them a pass because they they had a lot of time like Jimmy Butler missed a lot of games this season Bam sat more minutes than he probably did all last season. They had Deadman was getting a lot of good minutes, good minutes, um, and then you know a lot of the young guys, Nunn and Robinson, they nothing changed about them. I don't know what happened to Tyler Hero, but that's a different story. But uh, I just of all the guys you're talking about sitting or missing time, the only one I remember missing like a huge chunk of time was the star player Jimmy Butler. Right, so he should have been well rested. Right. And, and again, Captain if you're not well-rested, if I don't want to hear you in the pre-game or the, the, the media sessions like talking about how, how ready you are. You're yeah. stupidly locked in? You just got swept. <laughs> yep. How can you be stupidly locked in to get swept, to get spanked three out of the four games? 
And you pretty much are to blame for game one because you couldn't hit a fucking shot. Except for the one layup you send into overtime. <laughs> yeah. That shit, I, again, you stupid. His, his plus and minus numbers? No, God. First game oh, minus God. Eight. I'm not going to get deep into the shots thing because I've said it enough yeah. times. He only took more than 18 shots one game. First game. And he was minus 8. Next game, minus 34. Next game, minus 26. Next game, minus 18. And that's because they just didn't want to beat him that bad. And he didn't play that much that last game. So I will say, uh, as far as takeaways, I have nothing else for Miami. I think <laughs> Miami Miami's in a similar spot to L.A. I think they're good enough. But they need they need to take you know the the full off season they're getting, and and like kind of refocus on the goal. Yeah. Because uh, this like experimenting all year with the lineups and shit. No, if you're a contender, you shouldn't be like like trying to figure out your roster. None of, none of those guys none of those guys you said are are good enough to like have to figure out into a lineup. Mm-hmm. Clean up, and Pat Riley said it right after the series that they have to clean up how they use Bam. Like him being yeah. as good as he is, kind of like screwed up their offense because they kind of try to maximize all the tools he has. Yeah, which is unnecessary. Uh, yeah. But again, just use the off season. the The guys who need to get better got to get better. Like Tyler Harrow can't come in next season and be trash. So, but again, I, I don't think there needs to be anything drastic. I, I don't think it's like, you know, like a blow-up situation by any means. I, I'm a hater then because I think they need to blow it up. <clears throat> I, think it's I, I mean, if, if we're going to see another four games from Jimmy Butler like that, then it don't matter what they do, just like I said with LeBron. My thing with them is I don't see anyone on this team like uh, – you know, like five years from now, I don't see anyone on this team being significant other than Bam at this point. Like, the way Tyler Harrow played this whole season, I don't see him, unless he, you know, comes out like a completely new player next season, I don't see him helping them much longer. Kendrick Nunn, I don't see him helping them much longer unless they learn to control him and put him on the bench. Um, Dragic is getting old, and he just looked old towards the end of the season. Jimmy is not going to give you 100% until the finals, apparently. Um, who else? Who am I missing? Uh, I guess Duncan Robinson. Take him I mean, he'll, st- he'll stick around, but like he won't. Yeah. He's not going to make or break anybody anybody's roster. No. He can stay. He can go. There, you can always find a shooter somewhere. but I mean, Duncan can really shoot, and that's cool. But, you know, there's teams who have no shooters that do just fine. So Yeah, I, I do think Dallas would be a nice fit for him. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, a and lot of teams would be. have to take but... bad shots on Dallas, which is nice. Yeah. So that, and that's the only thing about Miami for me. When I, a lot of times when I don't want to blow a team up, that's because I see something where it's like, Future-wise, we should keep this team together because they could do something later. 
like Memphis, I would never blow them up because they look great as a team now. You know, yeah. Jaron Jackson, good foundation. I don't see a foundation on Miami at all. I just see, you know, a decent house. But I don't see, you know, any foundation where like, I'm going to build on For improvements, it. yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's no building from where they are. Uh, yeah. They just have to just play better, and that's that's tough. That's tough for teams like that. I, I do have uh, one takeaway from Milwaukee from the yeah. such an easy first round. And, and we'll talk about the, the matchup with Brooklyn uh, in a few days, but they, they've improved on a lot of their issues, but they still think they're a lights-out three-point shooting team. Right, and they don't... Like, look at the obvious, where it's like you had one guy that got really hot. Yeah, and I just think they... My thing is, they kind of live and die by the three. And, like, I understand Miami. I understand Golden State. Utah, I understand. Like, Portland, I understand. Uh Milwaukee is way better than all those rosters to have to rely on just three-point shooting. Mm-hmm. Like, to me, it's just... So that was my biggest takeaway, and we'll deep dive that further as they get into this series deeper. Uh, but I just... It, it was kind of weird to see how they outshot Miami so comfortably. Because I'm like, I'm picturing it, I'm like, that's not going to work against Brooklyn. That's not going to work against Philly or Atlanta, you know? Right. Yeah, so we'll see how they do with that. And just to add to that, the the part that kind of confuses me is that they rely on that sometimes, but then, like, they they don't know how to integrate it into, like, Greek Freak playing well. It's like, they'll do that, they'll do that when Greek Freak isn't, like, being aggressive, but then when Greek Freak is aggressive and he's going to the basket a lot, he just stops looking outside, period. Yeah. And it's like, then they're not relying on threes, but they're relying on Greek Freak to take, you know, be aggressive and get to the line and not make any free throws. And then, you know, where are you? Then yeah, they haven't taken threes. Bryn Forbes is out there for no reason. He can't guard. So it's like, they end up losing on the other end. The other thing is, they only seem to know how to space around Greek Freak. Mm-hmm. Like, Brooklyn, they, they did something in the last Miami game that I loved, that they force-fed Brook Lopez post-ups. Yeah, and it and was I'm, working. It was working because Miami was just just playing soft. Yeah. Uh, but my thing was, I'm like, the spacing doesn't look as good because Miami was still getting turnovers off of these post-ups. Yeah. I'm like, yo, Brook Lopez should be at worst missing shots. We shouldn't be turning the ball over, feeding him in the post. Right, and that was kind of a weird thing to me. That I love that they went to that, but it didn't look that good. They didn't look as good as like I picture it in my head when I think of their roster. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, back to the West. Do we have anything? Uh, oh yeah, we don't have anything on Utah, and Memphis, but we do have Denver and Portland to talk about. Uh. And I, I wanted Portland to win this. And I think Damian wholeheartedly left it all out on the floor. 
but I think he's the only one that left it all up on the floor for the Portland at least. Uh, <laughs> he was amazing, man. Those last last two games was just sensational scoring for him. Um, he just looked like one of the best players I've ever seen. And then the rest of the team just, they just might as well not have even came to the games, if, I, if I'm being honest. He could have just played one on five in the last two games to me. And, and you know, Denver, Denver capitalized in that last game on him trying to play one on five. They did. Uh, in Denver, the whole series, I thought, stayed true to, like, the game plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they never really, like, committed to stopping Dame. No. But they they were much better defending everybody else. It, they looked like they wanted to limit the depth of the team. But the thing is, I think I don't think they did a great job of that. I think the, the rest of the team just didn't play that great. Yeah. They had opportunities. Covington had a lot of opportunities to help help out as far as scoring. He didn't do that great. Powell had a lot of opportunities. Obviously, CJ had a, a lot of opportunities, and he just didn't do anything right. And, and I'm not – like, Powell, he gave him a big game four. In the last game, he gave them a big first half. Yep. Like, that's – you know, should I expect a little more from him? Yeah. A little more mm-hmm. consistency, yeah. But I'm not surprised. I, I told you coming in that I'm I'm excited that they finally got an explosive role player. Yeah. Because you saw it. Game four, he had 29. I don't think he combined great. for 29 the first three games. Right. It was great. He played great game four. And, and Melo is the same kind of thing where I don't expect crazy contributions. Again, right. would I like a little more sustained scoring? Yes, but... Again, I can't get everything I want. Right. I think he. I think he did really good in um, the last game, in Game Six. Yeah, um, he was. He had that stretch no, where great. he was really aggressive, attacking guys, not settling yep. for sh- like deep threes. Yeah. The the biggest thing for me, and the the main issue already is gone out of the organization, so I don't got to talk about it. Yep. <laughs> great job, by the way. Just like the snap of the fingers, he's gone. Didn't take long. DC, hurry the fuck up. Take notes. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I like the, real quick about that. I'm, I like that Lillard already was thinking about the next coach. Like uh, two days. It after. doesn't. It doesn't look good, but I do like that too. It, it yeah, I like. Of, he was like, "All right, we're moving on." Like, it's, <laughs> okay, yeah, I do like that. So, yeah. Yeah, I like that. It just it's weird that like literally within a day he had exactly who he wanted down <laughs> like. I love it. I like that. <laughs> I do too. I, it just looks bad. That's all. It does. Yeah. Uh, it is kind of weird that kid like withdrew his name. So, you know, we'll we'll get into their coaching search, you know, a week or two from now. But yeah, uh, the two biggest culprits here are CJ and, and Nurkic. Yep. Again, the role players. Okay, Covington couldn't hit shots. So. You can't you can't beat Denver because Covington couldn't hit shots. You know right. what I mean? Like Anthony yeah. Simons was kind of you know he played well a little bit, played poorly most of the time. That's that's been his <laughs> mo. Yeah. 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 
Uh, whoever else checked in, same thing. Rondé Hollis Jefferson. Yeah, he was getting worked. He got you a couple layups. Like, that's about what I expect. Right. CJ, I, I need I need something more than just bad shots. Yeah, and floaters. <clears throat> yeah. I understand you can hit anything. Mm-hmm. But, like, if you're not going to hit everything, I need you to contribute in other ways. Never. Never got that. Never. never got that. CJ never got a. I never saw CJ get a consistent stop. In mm-hmm. it, I shouldn't be asking for a lot considering you're guarding Austin Rivers and Compazzo. Yeah. Forget forget that you can't guard Monte Morris. I'll let you slide if you could at least guard Compazzo. You couldn't do that. Right. Uh. In in. I don't even. I really don't even want to talk about Nurkic. Because he, he's seriously my least favorite player in the NBA right now. Me too. I mean, watching that game six and him, like, him make three awful decisions and then make a good decision and then almost, like, ignore the good decision he made to make, like, other awful decisions on top of that. Yep. I've never seen I've never seen somebody be have such little IQ in so many aspects of the game. Yeah. While having the skill set to do anything. Yeah. Oh my God! Forget that Jokic terrorized him all series. I mean, my guy fouled yeah. out. He fouled out of like seventy percent of the series. Yeah. I mean, he was off the court. For so long, mainly just because he couldn't guard anybody. Oh, he's so bad in pick and rolls. He's so bad at individual defense. He's a fucking hack box. He he somehow doesn't battle on the boards unless it's to get himself a bucket. Mm-hmm. He, but the crazy thing is, why didn't they go to Cantor? Oh, Cantor, Cantor, had, had... Cantor had no hope of stopping Jokic. I know, but if Nurkic is playing as bad as he was, I mean, give Cancer a shot. He Cancer had like three or four DMPs in the series. Yeah, but Rondé Hollis Jefferson, let's throw him out there, see what he could do. That's what I'm saying. That's the only. I understand Cancer's not much better of a defensive player, but he's a better rebounder, and he'll battle inside. Cancer likes to battle. He's a competitive guy. Yeah, but. And, and you know what? And Cantor would have made Jokic work on the other end. Oh, for sure. For Jokic sure. couldn't even do that. No. Dude, Jokic, outside of, I think, game four, he had like 35-plus in every game. Yeah. I'm exaggerating. I know it was like 30 or 32 a couple times, but he had a 38-piece twice. I'm pretty sure he had 35-36 in one of the games. Yeah. And and he was getting double-digit rebounds and almost double-digit assists every game. Yep. Again, I talked about this with the Clippers all the time. You can't stop Luka Doncic. Okay, nope, a lot of people can't. Right. But you should be able to stop Tim Hardaway Jr. or Jalen Brunson. Right. This is the same thing. Like, you couldn't stop Monty Morris all series. 
just dude, that game six, that fourth quarter, it, it infuriated me in so many ways. Jamal Murray is not there, mm-hmm. and we Denver watching Denver the last two three years when it's a close game, what are they gonna do? One five pick and roll, nothing else. They don't have Jamal Murray. They run the exact same shit. For six minutes, you couldn't get a stop. Yeah. Month, they, they went Austin Rivers with Jokic. Austin Rivers got a layup. Jokic got a bucket. Then they went Monty Morris to last like five minutes. And they couldn't get a stop once. Yeah. That's all meanwhile, it takes. Meanwhile, McCollum couldn't get a easy bucket over Marcus Howard and Composo, who are both sub six foot. I just, like Denver to me, Denver looked like they knew their own roster. Mm -hmm. While I never saw that from Portland. And neither. It's like, it's every point, at every point there's a struggle, it's Dame, like, save us. Mm-hmm. I saw Denver in Denver struggled on even in a lot of their wins they struggled and it was never just a Jokic take us home I mean right. they're they're getting Austin Rivers involved Michael Porter Jr. they're forcing him to get involved even when he doesn't want to they getting yeah. Paul Millsap is contributing yeah but we can't get Melo to give us like we can't include Melo in a meaningful way because we just play pickup yeah, they have to like just revert to pickup with Mallow and it never. With never everybody, that's the only way they get like uh, Covington to contribute. That's the only way they get like Anthony Simons to contribute. It's just let's just play pickup. Do you know like any strategy that Terry sets? None, none. Like most coaches, I could say, you know, hey, I could see what they're trying to do. That's. They run mostly this, mostly that. They're this I kind can of even, coach. I, I can even that. say that with Ty Lue, and he's an awful coach. Right. I can say that with Scott Brooks, and he's an awful coach. Yep. And Terry, when I look at Portland and Terry Stotts, I see no structure, no adjustments, no like, no attempt to fix any of the issues that are making them lose the game. This was probably the most frustrating series to me these last those last two games. Yeah, I just like Portland Portland looked so inferior and they're better. That's the craziest thing. I, they I understand like they were the underdogs in this and they and really roster wise they're the better team, much better team. Like to me to me compo- the the collective guard play for Denver matched the like the game control that the Portland backcourt had. Yeah. And that's with a guy and Portland had a guy averaging what 35? Yep. And you got the trio, not even forget Marcus Howard who barely played or the other guy whose name I don't even remember who also barely played. They went with Monty Morris, Austin Rivers and Campazzo as like the three guards. And you you had no answer. No. You don't even you don't belong in the playoffs if you don't have an answer for that. Right, and worst part is Monty Morris, like as good as he is sometimes, 
scoring wise, he shoots himself out of the game a lot. Like you can get him to shoot himself out the game to the point where he just stops being aggressive. But he never felt uncomfortable. Like they never, never. looked uncomfortable on the court at all. Dude, he's sizing up. Looked confident all night. How is Monty Morris, who's what six two, maybe? Yeah, six two. Yeah. McCollum is what six seven, six six. Six five, I think. Yeah. Okay, he's not that big, but he's like a several inches bigger than Monte Morris, and Monte Morris is sizing him up in the pull-ups. Yeah. All series. Yeah. Austin Rivers, who has like his whole offensive package, consists of like maybe five total things. Yeah. And you. Cross right to left, <laughs> right to left, like the yeah. the ja, the super jabs, the yeah. jab rip throughs. Yep, that's like, back. yeah, that's really it. Yeah, and he looked unguardable. He did. Composo, yeah. Composo's running around like literally doing anything he wants. If Composo, if, dude, if Composo was like an actual good shooter. This series would have been fucking embarrassing. I hated how easy Composo got to the basket. The basket. He's like, like fucking Trey Young. He's getting to the rack, dishing out to whoever. Yeah, he was. <sighs> Again, the Clippers. The Clippers collectively didn't like adjust their issues defensively. But at least, like, individual guys took challenges. They made more of an effort. I never saw any of that in Portland. Nah, I didn't either. And that's nope. that's my biggest fear for them moving forward is they're going to pull uh, what the Clippers did is, oh, it's all Doc Rivers' fault. It's not Nobody was doing anything wrong. Just Doc Rivers didn't structure us well. It's the same thing here. They're getting a new coach. Everybody's going to think like, oh, it wasn't us playing poorly. It was Terry Stott's fault. If, if CJ if CJ comes back playing the same way, I don't care. Yeah. Clearly, there's not a self aware if, if Nurkic is back they're, and they're still forcing, like, playing through him. Yeah. It's going to irritate me, like, a lot. I agree. They have a big decision on their uh, coaching assignment. You know who, who they uh, who they decide to be their next coach. It's a really big decision. I do think uh, Denver, by the way, like I said last year, they're a real contender. I know they're not gonna they're not getting to the finals. I I would be shocked if they beat Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're clearly the years of this roster playing together is is coming like it's showing yeah it is uh mike malone is becoming a much better coach almost every game yeah uh and their and their cohesion i I think you know i i think they'll they'll give phoenix a tough time man i really do yeah and the thing is man i mean i said this last year i think their missing key was figuring out how to use michael porter jr and he was like an elite weapon against Portland. Even though he didn't like score that much every game or even play that well every game, him being a, the threat he was at his size and being able to be basically anywhere on the court and being able to score on anybody, such a mismatch. He, he's going to help them a lot. I mean, he's made a big difference for them 
after uh, Murray's injury. Yeah, but so, everybody there, it's it's a really good fit as far as just guys knowing what they're in the game for. Yep. Finally. And it's and and Jokic is very. He's very inside-out oriented now. Like, when he misses a couple shots, you notice it in his game. Yep. Uh, and he's, like, more in shape now to, to last, four, you know, 35, 40 minutes. Also, he doesn't have the ball as much as he used to. I mean, he may usage-wise, he might, but he used to, like, have to bring the ball up court. He used to take the inbounds. He doesn't do that that much anymore. He lets... Which is weird because it's lesser guys. Like, Compazzo brings the ball up court now. But when Murray was there, a lot of times Jokic would come get it. Yeah, it's now weird. He doesn't do that as much. It's weird, like, they've, they've flipped it, and it's it's helped those guys because they're so limited. Mm-hmm. But now, like, Compazzo, Compazzo looks like so much more of a threat be, just because he's playing pick and roll with Jokic, not because he's good. And that's kind of, you know, going back to Schroeder, that's why I was so mad at him. Is When you're playing with such an elite big, it, it should be easy to, to find scoring opportunities. It shouldn't be difficult. Yeah. And, and Denver is a perfect example of that. I think them making that change where Jokic doesn't have to bring the ball up court and he's not playing point guard on the team, I think that really, really helped them. Because it, it, like you said, it makes guys like Compazzo, Morris, and even Howard, all those guys, more of a threat than they used to be. Because a lot of times they were just out there just as uh, catch-and-shoot guys. And they weren't good catch-and-shoot guys because Jokic would have the ball all the time. So now Jokic gets down, gets on the block, the pick-and-rolls work well. They look good. But yeah, I'm picking Phoenix to take them. I think Phoenix in a in a tough seven. I'll go Phoenix in six. It, it might go seven. Seven could be. Because uh, still, I think Jokic. Denver's Jokic is definitely going to outplay Aiton. So. Yeah, Denver's good at like dragging out series that they're losing too. Yeah, they do. They are. They are. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, uh, was there any other? T- I guess Brooklyn. Technically, we last time we talked, the series wasn't over. It was, I know. It was I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to talk about that game one, but sheesh. It looks good, game one, without Harden. Harden Brooklyn game two. Brooklyn uh, in Atlanta. I talked about this with Atlanta a little bit, but Brooklyn is the flawless version of what uh, Atlanta is. It's just like a different. The structure of it is different. Explain. But. But the as I mentioned with Atlanta, everybody like plays off each other well. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, specifically off Trey Young because he's their primary creator. Yeah. But in Brooklyn, it's so much more dangerous because Kyrie's obviously an option to do that. Yeah. KD's an option to do that. But then Harden goes out, and you got Blake. Yeah. And and one thing in this game one. Uh, that I was just so nice to watch. How many times did somebody get it and, like, the guy closest to him would cut just because, you know, that's a good thing to do to get open? Yeah. I, I, I saw everybody do it off of somebody. Like, Kyrie did it at one point. KD was cutting. 
obviously the the role players were cutting a ton, and I thought they would be they would feel Jeff Green's absence for this game. Yeah, they didn't at all. I mean, everybody that came immediately create more space. Yes, and and the way they create space is like the textbook perfect way of doing that. Mm -hmm. Uh, You like that's why Bruce Brown fits in so well because he just cuts, slashes, and rebounds. Yep, pass and cut, pass and cut. Right, and they just they look. They don't look like they're relying on Kyrie and KD to create offense for them. Right. So if that can if that trend continues, I if if KD gets to do that Golden State shit where he's just role playing out there, just fitting in with the team like he did in Game One, mm-hmm. you gonna have a tough time beating Brooklyn, man. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, you got anything for the Utah and um, LA series? Any thoughts? Um, if if the Clippers are gonna guard the others like they did in Dallas, there there <laughs> it's not gonna be a long series. Yeah, I'm I'm curious to see who guards Donovan for the whole series. But my thing is like you're not gonna stop. I'm not surprised if Donovan cooks you. He can do that. Mm-hmm. But Royce O'Neal can't be out there getting twenty pieces. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and Utah's role players as a collective, especially with Clarkson, that mm-hmm. Jalen like Clarkson's a different animal than Jalen Brunson was. Right. Uh, but to me, the Utah's collective role players are so much more explosive than Utah uh, than uh, Dallas is. Yeah. So I just. They're gonna they're gonna have to play collective defense if they want to go to the finals, right? I, I don't Kawhi better get fifty if they want to come out of this series not playing defense. Yeah, because Donovan is just as explosive as Luca, and like you said, all the others are more explosive. So it's just like an upgrade from Dallas. It really is, yeah, and and with a. And now you have to... The other thing is you can't play five fucking wings or, like, two guards and three wings. Oh, yeah. That's not going to fucking work. (laughs) Nope. Dude, please, just give Cousins... Please, give Cousins a chance. They won't. They won't. And the thing is, you know Gobert is willing to go out there and challenge it. Like, he go out there and challenge a Morris or a Batum. He doesn't care. He doesn't mind doing that. It's not like uh, Boban who doesn't want to leave like one foot out of the paint to go challenge a three. Gobert will do that. So the five wings, yeah, it doesn't work for them. It only works when they're flawless offensively. And like that can't be the, the recipe for victory in the playoffs is being flawless offensively. Yeah, and plus Utah doing the five wings looks better than them doing it. Oh, yeah. I've seen Utah do it, and it looks nice. Way better. Way better. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Um, We'll be back after two games of the uh, second round again um, to break down what's going on there. There's there's some other sports stuff we got to get into. Boston's having an active offseason already. Uh, Oh, yeah, 
I forgot about that. Yeah, we'll, we'll save that for next time. But uh, we'll we'll have a better idea of what they're doing next time, I think. But yeah. you know, uh, boxing had an eventful night <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> you we could talk about that if you want. I watched the uh, all of it. I didn't see the whole thing. But I saw some clips of it. I mean, it was. It was exactly what we thought it was going to be. I just, I, I'm not even a super boxing fan like that, and it disrespects me. So, I just. Yeah. I don't think, we, we really don't need to talk about it because everyone already knows. I mean, it's just crazy. F- really Floyd. Knew what it was. Floyd really, uh, he's really money Mayweather for a reason. Yeah, he said he made $30 million before the fight. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. <clears throat> You believe him? I mean, yeah, probably. But uh, yeah. I, it's cool. Look, Logan survived in there. I, I, again, I didn't see it, so I don't know how much of it was Floyd slacking or, or how much of it was, like, Logan actually doing something. Right. But. It was, what would happen was uh, Logan would, Logan would, like, try to reach in to hit Floyd, and then he would grab him immediately before Floyd landed anything on him. So, like, if Logan if Logan missed the punch, he would be holding Floyd's arms before Floyd gave him, like, a full flurry after his misstep. So, you know, it, that's a good strategy if you're landing the punches, and he wasn't, because he's not a fighter. So I've seen that strategy with real boxers when they know the guy's that much faster. You know, the guy's a shorter reach, so inside is going to be tough. And that makes sense, but like I said, if you're not landing the punches, it's worthless. It just looks like hugging, like everyone, all the memes are talking about. So. Yeah, I just and, wish and I wish. Bad. Go ahead. I just wish Floyd was more like aggressive and trying to knock him out. Yeah, everyone does. But the thing is, it's really pointless to call it like the fight for bragging rights when there's no winner. Like, they said we're not going to say a winner of this, but how is it for bragging rights if no one can win? Yeah, that's weird. But you know, Logan Paul, this is Logan Paul's like dream outcome. You know, outside of actually knocking him out, but yeah, yeah, saying he can make it's just, it. It's just, it's just going to push this shit further. The fact that he didn't get knocked is and, just, and, and he won't fight a sanctioned fight. That's the thing I just do not understand. How do you call yourself a fighter, a pro boxer, and you won't fight one that is sanctioned by, like, to have judges? It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, I saw a couple days ago, I I saw a couple days ago, they said some bullshit about him and uh, Jake said something about, Mm -hmm. like, like their primary goal is to get fighters paid more. I'm like, this is, this is not, you're not taking a road as if you're, like, opening up a road for everybody to take. Right. Because not everyone can do it. Yeah, and, and the people that do take this road are going to further, like, put a stain on the sport almost. Yeah. I just it, it actually gives real boxers less money. Because there right. was probably a real fight on somewhere. That nobody was watching. I mean, not this time because they did it on Sunday, but like if, on a Saturday, it's probably a real fight somewhere that nobody's watching because they're watching your BS. But that's your BS. Two real fights. 
um, Badu Jack and uh, Jarrett Hurd fought on the undercard, which was cool. But Jarrett Hurd was dealing with things. He's on his way out, I think, boxing-wise. Uh, and Badu Jack is getting old. He's just keeps gaining weight and just keeps fighting up in weight. He's kind of washed. For, for like boxing fans, Badu Jack is washed. And then Ocho Cinco got <laughs> Ocho Cinco got put down in the opening fight. So uh, <laughs> just knocked down. He didn't get knocked out, but knocked down. He got up from that. Yeah. Vicious. But, yeah, man, it was. It was whack. The whole night was whack. Just, I don't know why they, I get it. I, I get why they're doing it, but the the excitement, like the, the cultural excitement around it. I don't get that at all. It's, it's so crazy to me, man. Yeah, I don't get how these other guys are at the fight. Like, real boxers coming to the fight. Tyson Holyfield. T.O. was there cheering on Ocho Cinco. I just that's the stuff I don't understand. I don't understand why Mayweather is like training for this. He didn't have to train and it would have been the same you know, same thing would have happened. And not like he has film on Logan to watch. So it was like you know, it's just You're talking about the grappling, like them him grabbing him. I remember him doing that against KSI too. Yeah. That's his strategy because he knows he's not he knows if he gets hit, it might be over. Yeah, so. Jake. I remember Jake did the same shit with even like Nate Robinson. So, right, it's the punch and smother. It, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, they smothered the punches. So, but then he ended up smothering his own punches because he wasn't using his length. It's it's just he's he just doesn't know how to box. Like long story short, he just doesn't know how to box. So yeah, he did the safest thing for someone who can't box. So yeah. So, so, uh, sorry to all the people that paid for that shit. <laughs> I, you know me. I sure did not pay for it. I wouldn't pay for that. And the I thing just, is, I don't. I'm not sure the people who paid for it. I'm not sure what they wanted to see. That's the thing that blows my mind. What were yeah, you paying for? What were you paying to see happen? Yeah, like, are, are you? Do you like boxing? In which case, why would you not watch real boxing? <laughs> Or or are you just looking for like drama entertainment? You could just go on like the internet and find that shit. Yeah, there's some good fights on the internet. I mean, <laughs> YouTube has some great fights. Yeah, there's there's, fights. there's all types of shit. There's like uh, like rap battles on the internet if you want to see like drama or whatever. But yeah, yeah. Well, we'll be back talking about the playoffs. Talking about Brad Stevens. Talk about Julio Jones. Yeah, these. I, I, I want to get it. I really want to deep dive a lot of these second round matchups because they look they look really interesting. Yeah, yep. Let's get to see the first look at all those. So. Thank you for listening as always. Thank you for tuning in. Subscribe, follow, share, all that, and uh, we'll see you next time.